Hi, you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-host of Track Changes and the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-founder of Postlight. That's exactly right. And today we're going to talk about services. Now, uh, Rich, tell them what we do. Let's get it done. We are a uh, top tier, uh, there's no other way to put it, uh, web platform Actually, internet platform, not just web, uh, but we build platforms and the apps and web apps and mobile apps that ride on top of them. And we do it at scale and we kick ass. We can speak confidently at this point. I think that's true. It's an incredible incredibly talented group of people. All right, Rich, so here's the thing that happens a lot. Yeah. Okay, so people send us an email and they're like, hey, what do you guys think about machine learning? Or they say, what is our cryptocurrency strategy? Post like, can you help us? Right. And I'll be honest, when they show up with that, it's often like, oh boy, okay. Yeah. We're probably not your guy. Well, I think I think that's right. Because I think we're very uh, real world and pragmatic and we're not bought into the buzz and the catchphrases. Um, I'm going to go way, way, way back and many of our listeners may not know what I'm talking about. I uh, decided out of law school that I was going to dive into tech Mm -hmm. and I I just loved it and I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to dive as deeply as I could dive. So I started thinking, okay, well, what is Microsoft talking about? And Netscape is exploding. It's the beginning of the internet. Sure. And they started talking about this standard called SOAP. Oh, wow. And before SOAP, to get systems to talk to each other. Which I can't remember what it stands for. I think it's like simple object access protocol. I think you're right. So it's about that good. (laughs) All right. I don't want to drag this out. Here's the thing. SOAP was a way for systems to talk to each other and use the internet. Before that, there were these terribly difficult and bloated protocols like I think it was called Corba. Corba, yeah, yeah. So SOAP yeah. SOAP used web technologies. You could you could send a, essentially it was like sending sending a message from one server to another it was kinda like sending an email. Right. And I looked up a couple of articles on it and I looked at a couple of examples of what those packets could look like. And I didn't understand any of it and I hated it. I yeah. hated that I couldn't pick it it's up. It's terrible. Right? It's like an 800-page standard. You just get this huge throbbing yeah. document And in I didn't your understand hand. it, but it got so hot. Everybody it talked was, about it. Everybody talked. Oracle gets in. The, when Oracle gets in the game, it's really hot. I had the same thing going where I was just like, oh, my God, if I don't understand this, I don't understand what's going to happen on the web. Exactly. And everybody's like, forget the web. Throw your browser in the garbage. It doesn't matter. It's all soap. Right. And then- so I bailed. Yeah. I bailed. I didn't want to be technical. So I, I, I leaned over to the product, the design-driven product management side for years. Because you're like, I can't. I'm, I'll never be worthy I'm of soap. I'm not going to do this. I was, I was doing like a, a, a like serious UX slash product thinking, problem solving, which was a huge business. Like it was a yeah. good career path. Yeah. And, and it was still touching tech. Sure. And then 2004 comes around. And I read an article about REST, which was another approach. Sure. And I read it in like, well, before REST, actually, Dave Weiner, who many people will know who that is, wrote a piece and he said, look, soap's stupid. And he was just one of those people that says everything's stupid. It's a very emperor's uh, new clothes kind of thing where it's just like, there's no clothes on that. 
Exactly. Yeah. So he he came out and said, "Why don't you just do it this way?" Mm-hmm. And I understood it the first time I read it, and I thought it was beautiful. Like I, that simplicity was incredibly attractive to me. And then the Web 2.0 article comes out. Tim O'Reilly's long right. missive on here's how things should be. The web is actually an application platform. Blah 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 blah. But it was a it was it was digestible. It wasn't a bunch of nonsense coming out of a working group, and. I started a company because of it. Sure. And I started a company that evangelized REST in 2004. And REST let you just build software like you were building web pages. It was the same set of ideas, It was basically. readable. Yeah. It was clear. And that's where when you hear about JSON and JavaScript objects and all that stuff flying around, that's that's what that started. Exactly. And, and the people I was reading back then was Dave Weiner, Paul Ford, because he was just a weirdo. Honestly, he he brought such a such an outside perspective, even though I could tell he was technical. He didn't like the conventions, which I thought was really interesting. I didn't, I, you know, I think I was like you in that I wanted to belong. I wanted to get in. And exactly. I, but I didn't go get a job anywhere because I thought nobody would hire me on an English degree. Yes. And the web was like that. You're just building stuff and, and there wasn't really a discipline around it. That's right. And so uh, I would write in, on my blog uh, about things I didn't fully understand. And just that was my way of figuring them out and finding out who would talk to me and, and like what was going on. And that... that <sighs> Versus the bullshit Oracle white paper. See, what I miss is there was a sense back then of pe- people used to discover things in public. That was the probably the, the best application of internet technology I've seen was when people were blogging and they'd be like, I don't know what this is. Let's poke at it. Yeah. You know who still does that? There's a great uh, – there's an old XML hand named Tim Bray yeah. who I don't – not like chronologically old. He's, he's in our cohort, but like and we are probably actually – anyway, regardless, he's young in spirit <laughs> and uh, – he still takes tech apart and just kind of pokes at it. He's like, well, let's yeah. look at this thing. Yeah. Tbray.org, great website, yeah. smart person who's been around forever. And his way of learning is just picking it apart. And yeah. if you don't get it, that is a flaw in the technology. Exactly. If I can't tell you what this does and why you'd want to use it, yeah. which is where I come down a lot on blockchain. People are like, oh, it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm like, great. I mean, so are a lot of things. <laughs> like. You know, bricks are worth a lot of money. There are yeah. people who are really into sneakers. They're worth a lot of money. Right. I can't build anything for you just because they happen to be worth something. And then everyone's like, oh, the blockchain and smart right. contracts. And it just reminds me very, very much of the late 90s. Yeah. Where there's exactly. just this, like. It's just a mess. And everybody's trying to. S- Everybody's trying to make it sound like they're one step ahead of you. Oh, it's so and that big. You really need to jump on. That but was that was kind of the mo. I'm always. not vulnerable to it anymore. No, no. Well, they, here's the here's the thing. I was able to do right. I was able. I made this bet, and I said I'm going to start a shop in New York City, and I'm going to build something that is high performing, that is going to be considered cutting edge, that is going to file patents against the things we were doing. And it was going to be based on simple, understandable tech that wasn't a load of bullshit. And that's probably one of the proudest things about the shop that I had built at that time, sure. a shop called Arc90. I mean, and, you know, and I think we should, it's worth saying if anything carried forward from Arc90, that's still basically the case here. I mean, we don't... We don't like sh- bullshit. <laughs> you we can list like the number of things that we use to build... Like it, there's probably 10 separate technologies total in our organization. Yep. And after that, you start to get real suspicious. 
Yeah. So we encourage, someone came up to me not too long ago from engineering. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get started and just try to understand machine learning. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Go get a sense, start to under, because that's another one where the absolute but it's it's a little different than blockchain because machine learning has actual applications at a certain scale. Like yeah. Google is increasingly basing its its business on machine learning. Right. right. And they have the pool, this massive pool of data to, to feed it. And, right? f- and it is explainable, but it's about data. It's Machine learning is like database plus at a real sort of conceptual level. Yeah. It's not fundamental in the way that like – using an iPhone for the first time was fundamental. It's not fundamental in the same way a browser is fundamental. It might have unbelievable economic impact. Right. But you come to us to build a product. And so you come to us to make something that people hold in their hand or that they use on the web or or the platform underneath it, right? That platform could connect to machine learning. That's possible. You could give it a giant data set and say, can we extrapolate some features from this and use that to be predictive? That's all good. And like we would support that if the client said like, I really want this for a really specific reason, but it it doesn't actually happen. No. Well, here's, I think it's worth talking about how it starts to seep into the agenda of someone walking into our offices, right? I, I think it goes down like this. First off, the name. The name is machine learning. Yeah. It sounds like one of those little robots that look like babies that walk around and learn. Critically, it's not called hiring people, which is something everybody hates to do. (laughs) It's called machine learning. It's called robots save money for my boss. Robots that learn. It's like, oh, he learned Spanish this past summer. Again, and it's so much better than hiring people. You're humanizing this. It sounds terrible. So that's step one. Yeah. Step two is CNN wrote an article about it. Mm-hmm. Your boss, who is MBA, really smart, really it made even the have company to be, happen. He's, you walk over to the CTO's office. It doesn't office even have to be CNN, too. It can be, it could be like MIT Technology Review. Yeah, Everybody, they're poking around. Everybody's trying. Everybody's trying, right? And they're like, so, uh, Diane, what are you doing about machine learning? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally... They're not thinking about it in terms of a context. And now Diane has a problem. Diane's job is to like make sure that all the orders get fulfilled for baby carriages from the baby <laughs> carriage company. And she also has to deal with like turning that into just-in-time delivery for all the manufacturing yeah. and so on and so forth. And yeah. then the boss goes and reads and he goes like, wow, there's this, these people achieved a 30%. You know, they, they, they're just in time inventory got 30% faster because of machine learning. Right. So Whew, boy. what do you what, like? So that that mandate's given out. And, and what they usually ask for is like, I want a memo in like 45 days. Yeah. Now Diane's in a pickle. She a needs to get educated. And again, uh, let's not assume that Diane doesn't know what's going on, which she may know exactly what machine learning is, but she's got to wedge it into the strategy of the, the business she's in, right? I, I think also, though, it's worth, it's worth framing it this way. No one knows what machine learning truly is because there are enormous numbers of implementations of neural networks and things that are related to what we call machine learning, but it's actually a giant buzzword that doesn't have a single specific definition. And in that, is all the opportunity for the businesses that get to stand up and say, that person doesn't know what machine learning is. I do. Yeah. And so that's where you're really kind of screwing over Diane because the boss comes to her and is like, 
you know, he doesn't say like use these five algorithms. He just says, I need this. This thing seems like it's going to save me a lot of money. He's yeah, exactly. And he's thinking about it in the context of, are we in the game? Right. I, I cannot be in a position where the board sits me down two years from now and they say, how did you fall behind on yeah, machine learning? All your competitors have machine learning, right? Because like Willie's you said, they, baby carriage company is has machine learning. Right, exactly. And and who knows what went on over there, you right? Know, we're joking, but it, it's not that unlike reality. No, this is real, right? Yeah. And, and, and so... So if Diane is... Diane might call us at that point. She might call us and say, these guys are, are next level... And I want to. I want you to think about how machine lear- learning is going to impact, or how it can impact my business in a positive way. Right. And, and now let's 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 go let's go to Postlight for a second. Let's go to Postlight's offices for a second. We are a shop, and and this isn't meant as a selling point or a anything else. We are a shop that will look you right in the eye and say, "What are you talking about?" Right. And we'll say that at meeting one, and we'll say. Can you give me a better You'll idea? You'll say that. I'll say, actually, hold on just a sec. Can you tell me what you're talking about? Because <laughs> right. I'm, the, I'm the gentler of the partners. You are the gentler of the partners. I just, I, and I really, it's not, it's not meant in a, in a demeaning way. I really want to understand, like, maybe this is the genius in front of me, and I want to I unpack this, mm-hmm. which sometimes happens. But usually, it's, I just have to, they're walking in with the buzzword slung over their back. And they want to know how it needs to be applied in their world, and that's weird to us. We like we we want to we want to apply it to the world, and we want an example that really truly resonates in a meaningful way and has a dotted line to human beings. And I think this is really important, right? We when we call ourselves a product company, what we're doing is actually eliminating a huge range of technologies. Okay, yes. we're actually saying. What we'll do is we'll make an experience that someone can have with software that will be reproducible, that they will enjoy, that will lead to a good outcome. Yes. And we'll use every sort of like both scientific and also very kind of aesthetic set of skills that we have. Oh, yeah. But what I refer to a lot, what I talk about a lot is it's not science. Like when people come in, a lot of times they want science. They want like prove to me that we will get these results and give me, you know, Google is famous for this. They had like, they tested 43 shades of blue to see who would click on things. Right. Right. And some of that's great. A-B testing is great. There are all sorts of systems that are really useful and give you data, but ultimately humans need to interpret it and make decisions. And that's how you get a product built. Yes. So when machine learning enters our world, it enters not as like this big abstract thing where we're going to tell you some great strategy. It enters our world as software that we might use, APIs we might call externally. Yeah. But we also libraries. want to unpack it and see, Absolutely. does this apply here? Because like you said, the world of machine learning is very far and wide and people are using it in very loose ways. So what do they mean? That's right. And also a lot of times, you know, when they come in, Diane might actually just be asking us to make the app a little more efficient and do some relatively intelligent queries on a yep. large set of data. Yeah. Okay, right. Things that we've been doing for 15 years. Exactly. And we'll hack it. Look, if, it if, if I'm able to pull it off without hitting Google's APIs for get, to get the, like I got to tell you, we did a Bloomberg project. We were teasing out the key people out of an article. Mm-hmm. Very hard problem. That's right. So if it says that John Smith 
played tennis against, you know, Sam Smith. Exactly. Uh, you, you would know that John and Sam were two human beings and that possibly that they were tennis players. That's right. So we tried this on Google's API. It was spectacular. I mean, that was more, and the, the term here, we're going to throw in another term, sit tight, natural language processing. That's right, right? which is also related to machine learning. It's actually an application yeah. of machine learning. Right. Right. And, and we, here's what's tricky is all this stuff is open source. Like there are ways to really get involved and use it. Or you could go to Google and pay them some money and just use their amazing API as if you were hitting a web page. It's incredible. Like the quality of the returns of it. But we couldn't, we couldn't afford it. Yeah. Like we, we couldn't – it wasn't feasible for our project. So we started hacking. And we just – And we, we should actually break that down for people. That's a great – it was a great product if you were like doing a big research or analysis project. But if you wanted to let millions of people get millions of results in basically real time, it would have added up to tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars really quickly to use that API. A month. In a month, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very expensive. So this project couldn't sustain that. Correct. So we figured out a hack. I'm not going to go into details of how we hacked it, but we spent two and a half weeks. Right. And it's really good. Yep. It's not great. It's not great. Like it, it, it stumbles on itself. Sometimes, maybe 15% of the time, but it's really good. And I can tell you in terms of the, the logic that was used to do that, it's not machine learning. At, at least it hasn't earned. It's not machine learning. It hasn't earned the title of machine no, learning. No, it's, 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 it's clever yeah, so is the way I would Yeah, it's I clever. There, may it. be, there might be a little statistic and model it's in clever. there. But, it's clever. It's clever. It's not. Machine learning to me, I mean, I'll give you my definition. It's when you give a computer... Uh, when you give a system an enormous amount of data or a large amount of data, it doesn't have to be, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, some amount of data, and the system uses a set of classifiers and some, some actual rules and some actual algorithms to go through all of that data and extrapolate features in that data that can then be understood and applied in new ways. And this is something that... Patterns yeah. that can can be teased out so that... It gives effectively the illusion of thinking. Well, and what it's about is about the connections between different things. Like, oh, you know, like two pictures of a, a person with a red shirt. Right. Teaching it that that's a shirt and that it's right. red, right? Like being able to extract that and be and connect that to a big model of language and go, okay, this, this is the red shirt thing. Now, at no point does the computer actually know in the way that you or I do that something's red or that it's a shirt. No. It just knows that there's a, an enormous matrix of language over here and a, and a set of pixels over here. And as it looks through the pixels and it sees certain values that align with red and certain um, outlines that align with shirt, yeah. that it can kind of go look those up and then say, I think I got a red shirt picture. Right. And a human being can see that and be like, oh man, I searched for a red shirt and all the red shirts showed up. Yeah. And it's essentially like a giant database where Things connect and knit together, not just in the way that we usually think of databases, which is get me all the results that match the letter right. Z. Look them up and get them. Yeah, it's much more like it's it's pre-computed and figured out yeah. an enormous amount of those connections before you can make them yourself. So we know, we kind of know what machine learning is. In a rough, I, I in a rough way. I've been reading the TensorFlow documentation because it's how I relax. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, whatever works, Paul. I just want an excuse to say matrix all the time. Yeah. And vector. Vector yeah. is a really good word. Vector is a good word. Yeah. Multidimensional. Um, it gets in there. It, yeah. And it's, which is impressive stuff. And the thing is, we don't dis- like it's we're not being arrogant, arrogant and discounting the technology, which is interesting and impressive. Right. We're scrutinizing the application of it because very often it's just, could you please just inject this? It's like squirting chocolate sauce onto your spaghetti. That's right. That's and, right. and it's great on ice cream. It's <laughs> so, great on ice cream. So like, why, would, why wouldn't you have yeah, it on spaghetti? It might fit. And let's scrutinize this and really probe whether it's a good fit or not, rather than just tossing a buzzword into, into the mix. Do you know about the Gartner hype cycle? I don't. So Gartner, which is a big, what the hell, how would you define Gartner? They're a research firm. I guess. Like think think tech. No, yeah. not a think tech. That's p- usually political. They do like industry research. So you call Gartner and yeah. they'll tell you like, they'll give you a quadrant, four quadrant chart that shows you, yeah. uh, you know, the top consultancies for f- yeah. digital. They talk f- about trends. And yeah. Who are the major providers of Internet of Things operating systems? Right. That's a very like, they'll give you a white paper and you pay them yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. So they have this thing called the hype cycle, which actually shows how, and it's it's a very sort of funny, poppy piece of tech culture, and it it shows how things get hyped up, and then they kind of go into a trough while everybody gets disappointed with them, and then they slowly get usable. Right. right. And this actually happened with the web. Like the web was like, oh my God, it's changing everything. And then everyone in, in like the early 2000s was like, I'm going to smoke cigarettes and think about why America is in trouble. And then... Uh, Web 2.0 showed up, and it was and a suddenly it was a usable set of technologies that really started to replace desktop software, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, here we go!" Yeah, uh, there's a consultancy called ThoughtWorks too, and they do a a, um, a chart of what technologies are hot, and they have an idea. It, I think with them, it's more like adopt, you know, explore, adopt, buy, ignore, you know, concepts like that. Like, what yeah. are you going to do with this new thing? Right. They're very granular. They're like, you know. Apache Matrix Database 7. They'll be like, well, don't leave that one alone. We don't see a lot of successful adoption. So there's a culture actually out here of people going like, nah, that's 2G Wiz. Yeah. Um, A great example, it's pretty nerdy, but it's real, is React, which uh, people, most people won't know, but React is the, it's the toolkit for building front-end web and increasingly mobile apps, right? And I would say about two years ago, I started to really pay attention to it. And it was one of those things where you see it and you're like, yeah, that one's going to win. It was backed by Facebook. It was open source. Yeah, it came out of Facebook. Yeah. And it was just, it maps really well to how people build web apps as opposed to pages. Yeah. And so it got a lot of hype, but then you started to see like just humans show up going like, no, this is going to be how it's going to go. And now we see it everywhere. It's in finance. It's in music apps, just whatever the hell. Yeah. It, it took hold. And, and I think... So but that's a kind of technology where it shows up and you're like, okay, here we go. Machine learning is different. Machine learning is like a whole concept without a specific implementation where you're not sure if you're going to be able to use it to help somebody or not. Like you said, it's this big foggy ball of ambiguity. I mean, that's just is what it is. And there are interesting things happening. And it, is, it isn't a lie, no, isn't no, one big lie, but uh, I think like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin, which, which may possibly be one big lie. 
Which I think it depends on being a possible. <laughs> well, machine learning, you actually give it data and you get something out. There yeah. is, I mean, you can go and use a service and get great stuff to happen. Yeah. Bitcoin is all about humans. Yeah. But what's funny is people come to us almost with the same level of like, what uh, should we do about cryptocurrency? Yeah. And we're like, well, don't, don't do anything about yeah. it. What, are you, what, what are you do talking you want? About? Yeah. Very often the response, by the way, to these sort of dropping, like dropping a, a hot tech trend or term is well what do you want yeah that's what we say like, right because th- th- that's an end like that's th- a means to an end these yeah. things like machine learning and bitcoin are a means to an end so what is what is it you really want let's work back from that right. for, for a minute and, and the reality is there's lots of people who will swoop in before they get to us if they want if people want to be exploited <laughs> with yeah. some insane Somebody blockchain related technology they will take your yeah, money yeah we'll never even see them cuz yeah. there's people marketing to them right now right yeah uh, yeah like make it more confusing make exactly. the make the um offerings page or the services page way more confusing so, so they they think oh my god here are the experts I have to say that like starting with SOAP and up to now to blockchain, and that doesn't mean that the fundamental ideas underneath these technologies are bad. There has been some damn thing that's going to blow it all up and you're going to have to deal with from the beginning. And the thing that does seem to work is stable software built along reliable platforms that's pretty well tested. Like that, that seems to be what people actually want. Yeah. And if you keep building that... They still want that. They keep coming back. They've been wanting that for a very long time, and they still want that. If somebody comes in and says, I want to blow a hole in Netflix, and I want to do it, you, you don't need an R&D lab. It's, like, yeah. you, can, you can do this. The, 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 the scalability opportunity... You, know, you want to build a video platform, you can build a video platform. You can do it. I mean, you, can, you should think about how you're going to differentiate, but that's a different That's a product question. Right? That's a and content question. Content, and yeah. That. But in terms of is it achievable, if they come in and say, look, the way I want to beat Netflix is through machine learning, that's, yeah, that's rough. Tr- like, well, It may be in a corner of the experience, meaning it's way better at recommendations mm-hmm. than Netflix, but don't phrase it that It's one way. part of the puzzle, right? It's but I very, think if you were yeah. to go and get a lot of money for a content-based startup right now, you might have better luck than saying we're going to get the best content if you said we're going to be machine learning driven. That's because they're willing to make that gamble, right? That maybe you'll hit it out of the park and there'll be a 100 or 1,000 time multiple. Right. But the vast majority of people who have that idea and other people, lots of people do, are going to fail. And right. v- VCs are willing to play roulette that way. Going back to what you just said, people come with these new exciting ideas which boy do i understand i like a new exciting idea as much as the next person does shiny exciting wonderful can i just say here i mean we're making it sound like all of our clients and the prospects that walk in are dumb Uh, sometimes they come in and it is a fully crystallized vision and it's incredibly exciting to hear it hear about it and talk about it some are more technical than others so they've put a lot of thought into how to get there and those are exciting as well. Like I, I, in my head, I can think of a couple of clients who get it right. and, and uh, understand what they're chasing and understand uh, the tools and the capabilities. This will, sound a little, this will sound a little patronizing, right? But just about everybody who we now are working with, you could have a conversation about these technologies and, and what, they, what they could accomplish for them. Yeah. But what, going back to what you said earlier, right? 
the fundamental problem is that most people are facing is not how do I apply technology X to get, you know, incredible yields. That's a very like startup-y West Coast kind of problem. The problem most people have is can I get a good enough piece of software shipped that people want to use? Yeah. That's that is it. And that is the fundamental that's the still the fundamentally hardest thing that most people can pull off. Sure. And especially at an organizational level. I think if you're a within an organization, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's if I you're mean, in a big org, just try to get good software out the door. Yeah. Ninety percent of your users probably hate everything that you've shipped. Yet getting them to change their patterns and habits is not easy. So no. it really has to be appealing. Um, which is also hard. But that's I agree. I mean, they are your barrier. Now, mind you, we are not a shop that builds the bridge between two systems to talk to each other purely. Though we we go under the hood, but sure. as a pure sort of integration project there that no human will ever see, yeah. that's not our game, really. So. so you don't call us and be like, I have this 30-year-old database that's running over here and I needed to talk to this thing. Exactly. We'll do some of that to make your app work. Yeah, but, in, a, in a relationship context, we may do it. But, but I think my, my larger point out of all of this is that there's always a ton of bright and shiny out there. And if you're out there and people are saying, well, don't even bother – only learn about machine learning. That's the hot new thing. Only yeah. care about blockchain, you know, and Bitcoin related technologies. And there are a lot of people saying that. Yes. You what's a what's a future hot term? <sighs> this is the funny thing. It's machine learning for a while, right? Like in machine, it's funny. The word machine. Yeah. It's got like a retro vibe to it. It wasn't computer learning. It was machine. It's machine learning, which is kind of cool. Like I'm thinking steampunk a little bit. You know what comes back a lot is like massive parallelization, like where one computer has 8 million cores. Yeah. That one shows up from time to time. But that one doesn't resonate with like the masses. The right? smart. Machine learning yeah. is special. The smart contracts, you know, yeah. and all the, the Bitcoin stuff. People really got into Bitcoin because it's money, right? Like it, it's a yeah. pure, it's a bubble. It's just coin a, is coin. in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Coins are gone. Yeah. There's no such thing as coins anymore. Nobody has. Do you have coins? Well, sometimes I buy, you know, like a cup of coffee and I get 25 cents. Okay. So machine learning, it, it makes me think washing machine. And on the other side, I'm thinking a six-year-old in the first grade. Yeah, exactly. It's incredibly like an abacus. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's like it's warm. It's 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 human. They've humanized a very very complex technology. But the hardest thing is still shipping good software that people want to use. That's like all of this technology is essentially pointless. Yep. Unless there's some product base that a human being can apply themselves to. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it's just like a good framing. I would say 15, 20% of my brain might be given over to bright, shiny new things. But 80% has to belong to how we build apps today in the modern world. Or hardware or anything. Uh, we didn't get to talk about the notch in the iPhone X. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get that done. So I, just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I understand the the designers are walking the streets and whatnot. I want to give it a different name. I've heard Notch. Okay. I've heard Eyebrow. Okay. Which is weird. It's not really an eyebrow. It's like one eyebrow, unless you're a unibrow. Okay. I have one more. Do you have any a name for it? I care so little about this one. Yeah. 
I can't. I want to close it with toupee. You know what I? Oh, toupee is good. Toupee is real. I don't want it there. You look ridiculous. Take it off and just shave your whole head. It's a toupee. You know what I think about? Did you watch the Apple event where they announced this thing? I did. Okay. I so saw the, bits and pieces. There's a scene in the Apple. I watched some of it too. And there's they're they're showcasing the new Apple Watch that takes phone calls. Uh-huh. And there's this woman on a paddleboard. Oh, I saw this. Who's out having to take a phone call and there's a long lens is on her. So she's clearly just in the middle of some uh, body of water. She lost the coin flip. She really did. She had to go stand on that paddleboard and it's the most awkward paddling. And she's very balanced. She's quite good at, at standing on the paddleboard. Like better was, than I would have been in the water. And she's taking a phone call. It's And I just tough. think about that paddleboard a lot. Like just Apple sometimes doesn't quite get to the marketing breakthrough. I mean, the, the brainstorm was what circumstances would you be in where you're not going to have your phone, but you really want to talk to someone? Paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. <laughs> and let's do it. Because it used to be like doctor emergency room, but yeah. now it's just everything's fun. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fun. Yeah. And you just spend money and drive nice cars and go and get coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah the toupee is good. A toupee is incredibly strong. Here's the thing, uh, you know, the, the $8 million iPhone X is a absolute marvel of every kind of possible engineering, and I'm just about this excited about it. I, that's okay. That's and fine. That's okay. It's just part I mean, of the infrastructure It's incredible. Now. I don't know who is doing it better. I mean, let's nobody, put aside the business. Nobody. In terms of integrating engineering and no, software. It's great. What a great company. Best, right? They do I such mean, good work. Yeah. I'm but really, like, it's really okay, amazing. On with life. Yeah. Everybody's drowning right now. So. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Listen, just, I want to close this with a thought, Paul. We, we like talking to everybody. If if you want to talk to us I about machine learning, people know. Please people come know. talk to us. We'll talk to you about whatever you want. I think people, I don't want to hurt the business. I with know, this I know, podcast. I, but we're not going to hurt the business. People know that. You know, I think we're allowed to say that. Sometimes people come in with mixed up ideas about what they really want to build. Yeah, and we're happy. I will talk. We to love you. brainstorming it and working it out. But it is good to clarify for people that we do a thing. That is actually just sort of a specific craft inside of the giant world of technology. Yeah. And that some of the new and shiny things, even though they're on your phone, are actually built using disciplines that were well-established, you know, 15 years ago. And you continue to apply them. And when something new shows up, we're often a little bit suspicious. Not new to anything that will help us build an app faster. Yeah. We are on it. Yeah. React is a great example. That accelerated people's development times, and we went crazy for it. But things that actually are new and exciting and seem like they're the future really slow you down, and that is very dangerous. Dangerous is a strong word, I think. Well, I think until they get bundled up in a way that you can actually apply, use, and understand them. But when they're in that foggy zone of here's the future. Don't go drifting off into God knows where and do it. For the sake of doing it. Have a couple, you yeah. know, go to a couple panel discussions, see yeah. what's up. So if you want to talk to us about machine learning. <laughs> talk to us about anything. Uh, talk to us about anything. We'll talk to you. Hello at postlight.com. Yes. And you should know that this is Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. Five stars on iTunes. Hello at postlight.com. I'm going to go paddleboard. Hey, just give me a call <laughs> well, while you're my, out there. <laughs> my LTE Apple Watch. <laughs> yes. Uh, with the paddleboard resistant band. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Back to work. Bye. Bye.